right, what's up, my Hong Kong protesters? What's up, my Brexiteers? Welcome to Times of Flat Circle. I look at our humans keep getting it wrong. We're back, and I'm your host, Joseph, the youngest. I'm here with a few of my friends, a few of my brothers. One of them being my actual brother. The way we start out every episode, throwing it to Adrian. What's up? What's up? Uh, faithful two listeners, uh, I want to first say uh, congratulations to the new prime minister of the UK. I, I look forward to a future where every one of our leaders of every nation is a orange blonde man. And with that, <laughs> go ahead and send it over to Andre. <laughs> uh, how is everyone doing? This is coming to you live from the only premium Snapchat subscriber in the group. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed at all. I think I get good, good quality content from this specific person. Um, and with that, I'll throw it over to Hondo. <laughs> I, I I got nothing off the, after that one. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's Hondo. I'm just not subscribing to anything premium at the moment. For, for anyone curious, that that person who he subscribes to is Tom Brady. Tom Brady has a premium yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, absolutely, dude. He he shows you how to perfectly deflate a football. <laughs> I like that. So, are you using the uh, Snapchat cryptocurrency, Andre, to to pay for these subscriptions? What are they? I wish. Yeah, I probably should have done that. Snap bucks. Do they have one? Because I just made, I completely <laughs> no, made that up. No they idea. should though. They totally should. Why doesn't every subscription service just make you buy their own crypto? They will eventually. I own 9,800 shares of Dogecoin right now. Is that how you say that? If you think of the internet like Doge meme, like the dog, that's just weird. Uh, it's, it's that. Like that's what inspired it. Okay. Hold up. Because I straight up. I'm either an idiot or you're a big idiot. Because I always thought that that meme was doggy, like dog with an E at the end. <laughs> That's what I thought too. No, it's Doge. No. Doesn't that make more sense? Doggy coin? <laughs> no, because that's the whole point that like it's a meme, so it's making fun of it. So doesn't doesn't that coin actually have like a, a NASCAR car? Does it? I think, the, I think yeah, so. I think they have a sponsor. They have a sponsorship. Yeah. I know. I know nothing about it. I bought 9,800 shares. At like thirty three one thousandths of a penny. Have you seen that uh, subreddit that's just called the Boring Dystopia? And it's just about how we are living in a post capitalist future, but it's just really dumb. The stuff that we have to deal with, like we have we have NASCAR that's sponsored by a meme, a NASCAR vehicle that's sponsored by a meme, and that's that's the future. A one one NASCAR. All right. Well, good start. I like it. I like the energy. We're coming in hot today. Um, I have kind of a tenuous grasp on today's topic, to be honest with you. I wrote, I don't really understand exactly where we're going with this. I heard marriage, so I'm going to latch onto that as some kind of thing that I can possibly entertain the idea of maybe starting a conversation about. We'll, we'll see how this goes. <clears throat> so the archetype that we want to deal with, I guess, is one of marriage or what the tenets of marriage are between. Um, uh, is this is this gender normative? Is this um, something that has to play into gender basis? Or is this something that is just about the marriage between two people? Because I, I think that's something that needs to be. Uh, Actually, no, I'm done. I'm just going to throw it to Agent. You explain the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so so I think today's topic, um, at least the the plan topic, was to really uh, do a deep dive into one of the. I, I think it's a, a soon to be considered classic, a Mad Max Fury Road. 
Um, so there's a movie, I think, I think we've all seen it. First, let's confirm that. Has everyone seen it? Oh, for sure. Multiple times. Yes. Okay. Seen enough of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a no for Hondo. That's a no for Hondo. Hondo saw the opening credits and he called it a day. He saw the trailer with the guy and the guitar in the back of the truck and he was like, all right, that's it, right? I was like, I think I've seen the entire movie in 20 seconds. I think, right. <laughs> um, so I, I think uh, one of the things that um, was pretty, I guess, timely and relevant for the, the story is superficially, it feels like a, a real, uh, almost like a hyper-feminist storyline. Um, it, it's a Mad Max movie, but uh, walking out of it, you really kind of feel like... Uh, Furiosa was was the main protagonist, um, and I think I, that was done um, on purpose. But when you like really start to like pay attention to the, the beats of the story, um, how the two protagonists, if we're going to call them that, um, Furiosa and Mad Max, end up interacting, um, you can kind of draw some parallels to modern marriage and and, and gender normative uh, is probably like a a bad term to use in this particular context. Cause I, I do think like it's about partnership and becoming bigger than um, you in individually by like kind of giving yourself to another person. So I, I think it's something that like the LGBTQ people can take the, the same archetypical lessons as a, a cis um, person like myself would be able to like, it, it's archetypical. In Everyone terms of, can see it. Yeah. In terms of like, this is a, um, a role that you're supposed to play in a relationship and that role is um, and we can get deeper into it but um, I feel it like the way the story is told they almost see each other as equals by maybe halfway through the movie and it's about like how do we play off our strengths and um, hide or support ourselves in like the, the weaknesses that we have and I think like when you start looking at it in that light like I like after I, I took that take and then rewatched it. It was something where I, I think the director, George Miller, did a really, really good job of um, kind of sneaking that under uh, the, the superficial hyper-feminist story and like really it being about relationships. All right. First off, are you sure Ridley Scott didn't direct this movie? <laughs> sure. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. You, you touched on a few things that I, I kind of want to expound on a bit because it seems like we could just end the show now and call it Adrian's Talking Corner. Um <laughs> What I find interesting is the juxtaposition between the characters of like Furiosa and Mad Max. Um, and I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I'm maybe getting some details wrong. But it seems like they did a good job of intentionally creating the boundary of more of a platonic relationship between Mad Max and Furiosa. So for you to kind of take that marriage aspect away from it is pretty, um, I don't know, thought provoking in and of itself. But I think they did a good job of intentionally doing the opposite with the other females in the movie where they were super sexual beings. Um, the whole womb aspect of them as just procreators instead of anything that had to do with the rest of the human identity. They didn't have that. And um, that, that weird, uh, like I said, juxtaposition between the, those characters and Furiosa and then the relationship with Furiosa and Max is kind of striking once you think about it in that context. So is is there a reason that you kind of drew that conclusion, Adrian? Or even started thinking about it? Uh, were you just were you just uh, under the influence while watching this movie? <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, it was, uh, there's a scene where like they um, end up 
like uh, doing like a blood transfusion because you think Furiosa is going to die. And then uh, in that scene, it's kind of interesting because like he holds her head and then he literally like gives her his name. Like he like not like, oh, you're now like Furiosa Rakitansky or whatever his last name is. But <laughs> but like he finally like let. <laughs> Wait, what, what was that? Yeah, Max's last name. Rakitowski? Rakitansky? Yeah, some something like that. Look it up. His last name is Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, the original Mad Max films were a documentary about Mel Gibson's life. <laughs> but yeah, he gives her his name. He, he says, my name's Max. But like when you think of it in the context of like, uh, like becoming bonded and then uh, someone giving them their name, uh, I, I think you can start drawing some... Some, I mean, you may be making a stretch, but you can start drawing the parallels. Once and once you see the parallels uh, to a relationship or like marriage, uh, everything else kind of just fits in place a little too neatly. It's almost like once you see it in that way, you can start. It's hard to ignore. Yeah, I do want to know what Adrian was smoking when he like figured this out when he had this epiphany. I'm gonna I'm gonna say pe- peyote. I'm gonna vote peyote. peyote. Yeah. So the quick, what is Adrian? Is it literally just the transferring of the last name that sparked this? Well, no, because he doesn't say like his last name. He just says my name's Max. And, and I think Ahondo is taking away from what uh, you're saying. The same thing I did initially is that he gives because I'm remembering like the giving of the name. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm remembering in the movie that uh, Furiosa kind of takes the role of Max at the end of the movie. Like they kind of uh, play up that that uh, ending chronicle of Mad Max becoming uh, another just thing that happens in this crazy world um, and Furiosa taking over the mantle. So I think Hondo is l- legitimately thinking that Max <laughs> gives, gives Furiosa I, the name. You're now Mad Max. You're now Max. You're now Thor. Here's the hammer. Basically. So that doesn't happen, Hondo. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, it no, could. That's not how it no, no, I, I, That doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. But, but yeah. Okay. All right. So I kind of see where you're going now. I'm still a little bit on the fence about it. I think there's more coincidence to some movie making um, storytelling than you believe about this one. I think it's just um, following the beats that other Mad Max stories have had and throwing a a wrench in the gear that turns out to be this way. Maybe I'm just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not reading as much into it as you. Probably. So playing off of Adrian's reading of the message in this film, would you then argue that like Mad Max the Road Warrior was a gay marriage between him and the helicopter pilot? There you go. I'm digging this take. I'm digging this take. So all Mad Max movies are just uh, commentaries, social commentaries in, on in, the, the establishment marriage of marriage. with him and Tina Turner. <laughs> it, it's all about relationships. Uh, could we extend this further? Could we extend this further to Lethal Weapon and marriage between Mel Gibson and <laughs> Danny Glover? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get back to it, though, because if it's an archetype, then it, it's got to fit. Um, so so how does this fit in terms of um, not just the world that, that's created in this movie, but um, you don't get a lot of substance from the characters other than, uh, I guess... Their actions. It's the action. Yeah, it's the action. There, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of character building. There's a lot of world building. Uh, interesting enough, but there's not a lot of character building um, with anything other than just things that they do. So, is there something specifically that is marriage related to 
some of these crazy action sequences because the movie is great. Like visually, the movie is stunning. But I don't know if I would take those character traits away from what they're doing. So like um, one of the actions that um, comes to mind is when Max is trying to like shoot the the light, the searchlight when they're like um, on the run trying to hide. Uh, and like if you've seen the movies, he's a pretty terrible shot. Um, so after he misses a couple times, he ends up giving the the rifle to Furiosa, and she nails it in one shot. So it's like, it, it kind of like one of those things where um, where the other can't, the other one picks up the slack. And, and not to say that like um, that's been the arc. So like a buddy. Well, is it like a buddy cop? Well, well, it's like, and not to say that it's been that way like historically, but I think we're now at a a place in time where like the archetype of a relationship when that's not platonic of like an actual, like a, whatever the opposite of platonic is. What is that? Romantic. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a romantic uh, relationship um, is not like one of like the, the hunter and the hunted or like the, it's not like beauty and the beast anymore. It's um, the archetype is of equals, right? So like you, you're now having to see some of those stories transform. And I think this Mad Max one was a pretty good uh, transformation of those archetypes to where it's not, a damsel in distress. It's uh, someone that can handle their own. Um, but, you know, both of them would have been dead if it weren't for them teaming up and taking on the world together. So, Adrian, is this the equivalent of Morgan, like, grabbing something off the top shelf for you that you can't reach? Absolutely. Tall people job, man. <laughs> Tall people job. <laughs> I like that. Now it makes sense. Now I'm bought in. Okay, okay. I I get I get how this kind of plays into what what you're talking about. You're talking about maybe in a more general sense the evolution of our idea of marriage and what it means to bring something to the table as opposed to um I don't know. I think there was a lot of maybe just really sexist ideas or um wrong thinking in terms of masculinity and femininity that was propagated by whatever was the culture uh, that made those changes but it kind of stems from something that maybe is a lot more healthy than we give it credit for, like a hunter-gatherer mentality, um, where two parts of the same whole function in unison as opposed to one is just lesser yeah. or less important than the other. Because, right. like in a in in that kind of in that kind of environment, like a hunter-gatherer thing, like you got you've got the food, you've got the fruit and the berries and the uh, shelter and the homekeeping, and the other person seems a little more useful because they do the running and throwing. (laughs) But in reality, it's completely the opposite, I would say. Um, But you're trying to say that it's completely level and balanced in terms of the give and take. Yeah, it's like... Or it should be. And I would say that the the director, or who, I mean, the the people that made the the movie all all in all, all, the whole team, um, really... It was was Ridley Scott. (laughs) Yeah, Ridley Scott. There we go. Um, did a the good, alive Scott brother did a good job of exactly what you're talking about Tristan in terms of like some of those like unhealthy ways of thinking about how to how to be I guess uh, you have I, I think a really good example and something that's obvious like just even superficially is like how the, the main bad guy uh, Joe Immortan Joe Immortan Morton Joe yeah, yeah. no uh, I think Immortan yeah uh, Joe, Joe Morton Joe <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's kind of like the personification of like toxic masculinity, right? Like he just like wants to own all these concubines and uh, like is someone that's more of a tyrant than a king. 
uh, pretty just evil, like incarnate, but in a very masculine way. Um, I think something that like people kind of don't notice is the fact that like the, uh, the, the women with the, the rifles, like towards the end of the movie, uh, seem to be just as uh, cutthroat and heartless as Joe. They just don't have like the same resources. And I think it's almost like the, the mirror version of like, if it wasn't for the fact that Furiosa was a woman, the, they would all been killed by the, the people before they even got a chance to explain themselves. Because they're the women, the all women society or like the one is more more toxically masculine than <laughs> well, it's just well no it's just toxic it's toxically feminine right like it's, a, it's toxic to masculine I think is what happens <laughs> yeah so so I think that like they did a good job of juxtaposing like what those extremes look like and how the bad stuff comes from both of those and at the end of the day you just got to be I, I don't know like on equal footing with the, the, these people that you're trying to interact with and treat them as people like the, at the end of the day like the the woman next to you is not a woman first they're a human first you got to treat them that way all right we can pack it in guys i think adrian solved uh <laughs> yeah no I, the, pro- I think, the problem of gender i think the director didn't mean for any of this to happen at all uh, <laughs> that that's the and, best part right and we're definitely gonna at him when we tweet this podcast out <laughs> he's got a twitter and and it, i think that's one of the things that's just funny about um culture today is it's a more exaggerated, crazier version of being in um, English class and uh, trying to find out why the writer wrote that the wall was red. Um, and it it, it kind of just plays into uh, maybe the human um, need for reason and logic. Uh, what is it? Apophenia? When you just like need something to be the case, you need you need some reasoning behind uh, anything that's going on in your life. Like that's like everything what, has a reason behind like it. Ghosts. Like, things can't just fall off a shelf. It's got to be a ghost. Dude, I knocked three pictures off the wall like an hour ago just because I'm dumb. <laughs> no, man. You, but It was ghosts. It was ghosts. You could just say it was a ghost, was, and then you're not dumb anymore. It was aliens. <laughs> so I, I want to I get a take on my take from Hondo because I haven't heard him. I think he's trying to figure well, out what this goddamn movie is about because he like maybe has seen a few scenes and he's like, man, he's did like, I just I miss? thought I saw this movie, but maybe I didn't. I, You're describing it That's- like one of the most thought, uh, deep thought movies, thought provoking movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I admittedly, man, I'm struggling with this concept because I re- I've seen up until the point to where um, the Max is the introduced. Main bad guy- <laughs> up until the main bad guy catches up with them. So it's like after, like I always end up turning it off after like the last 20 minutes, just because admittingly I get kind of bored with it. But I didn't, I mean, I can see the trope of like two people that don't like each other are forced to get along. And as a result, they're both better off because of it. But that's more, but that reads more so, buddy cop to you. So it's, that's a, more no, buddy, no, yeah, it's that's right. at that point, it's an arranged marriage. <laughs> but yeah that's kind of where like i didn't i don't see that at all i i honestly feel like this movie was like hey let's just have some rowdy shit happen for an hour and a half and then let's try to put a story at the end of it so <laughs> i think that might have been the lens that like most people were going into that's for sure what i saw when i saw the movie i wasn't yeah, thinking all-, all right there's this there's a for sure underlying message but to agent's point he's he's convinced me uh, to a decent extent not all the way. Like I, um, this, so this is uh, a convincing enough argument for like somebody who's two, three beers in at a bar. Like Adrian would sit down next to him and he'd sell him on this idea, and the guy would love it. 
<laughs> but wouldn't be able to describe it accurately to anyone after he yeah, said yeah. that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, I've got I've got a complete tangent just to segue entirely to go off on now because you're kind of undercutting a big part of the movie with what's his name Beast character. What's that dude's? I don't know what that guy's name is. The, uh, the oh Warboy. the oh the like big honking guy or the little no, no, like, boy. No, the, the little one. The, the, yeah, the soldier, right? The one that was, yeah, the one yeah. that was dying or that tried to die. So I would say that you could make the same commentary on, or you could say that that part of the movie is the same kind of commentary on the human need for faith, because that's kind of his whole aspect before he's converted into something different like his faith changes allegiance from uh that need for valhalla and to die a honorable death to the need for actual honor and to live an honorable life um, so wait wait so wait. no go ahead honda well i guess that part makes sense to me where there's a hidden message in there it's it's that mindset of like something that you believed in your entire life you realize is a fraud so like i could i could definitely see that part and he's kind of like there's a sense of rage afterwards, right? Because he's like, in this entire life, I thought there was something there, and I turn out like everything is a, a lie. So I want to get back at it and get my revenge. But I, I yeah, I guess that's just that's it. I can, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty surface level. Um. Yeah, like it, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it deep and like having conversation about it. But it, that's why I don't think this movie's very deep. See, that's okay. what that's what the counter argument would be on my end. Like it's there an is action movie. There is obviously yeah. like some semblance of a message there that was intentional, but the fact that it's not like a 16 layers deep the way Adrian's <laughs> hypothesis is makes this me is think some, like, this okay. This is some holy mountain bullshit. That's what this is. <laughs> you know what? Here, I'll do my hot take right now. I think this movie is a perfect representation of Tom Hardy as an actor where people have this impression that he's a deep actor, but it's hidden behind something that's very surface level. So one thing I've noticed about Tom Hardy as an actor is he's always behind a mask or he's always hidden or he's never up front in front of the camera to where like he's the focal point behind it. And I feel kind of to where I'm relating that to Mad Max as a whole is like people are looking for these deep things or people are saying, oh, there's so much meaning to it. But really, there's nothing much past the surface. Oh, no, man. So, handsome, like, handsome Bob. My, yeah, my, yeah. My, Hondo, you have to watch <laughs> Rock and Roller. He, yeah. He Rock and, a great, great uh the, yeah, I've seen Rock and Roller, the one with Gerard Butler, Idris Elba, everybody, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's handsome, Bob. He's the gay guy yeah. in that one. Yeah, he's hiding behind home, he's hiding behind being gay in that movie. <laughs> that's that that's rude. That's rude and no. racist, Hondo. <laughs> so, so I do have a, a question for you, you guys. Um, do you think, just given um, the the zeitgeist? That if it wasn't sixteen layers deep, it would have been nominated for best picture. So what beat it out? Like it would beat it out that year. <sighs> Come on, if you, you know, I'm gonna have a follow up question. I don't know. You could make spotlight. I, these, these kind spotlight ended up winning. Spotlight was great though, despite yeah. Josh's feelings towards it. Yeah, you could make <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no I, I do think Spotlight should have won that one. Looking at all the other ones, uh, you can make these cases every year though. Like uh, I get it. I mean, Shakespeare in Love uh, won a Oscar it's for a Best Picture, and it's so it? it's upsetting. Get it? Yeah, I, I got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> should should but, um, I should I watch that one and develop a crazy take? That, no. I don't think you need no. 
So I'm trying to think of another movie that has this sort of recipe that we could relate Adrian's crazy idea to. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that is as deep as a movie as he's creating in his head about this movie. Because like, it, it, it's a new you should just write. It's you should archive. just you could you could uh, conceptualize the idea like write the beats out and then make your own movie and that would win best picture. <laughs> you've got it, man. You've got the recipe. <laughs> but but like I I honestly feel like it's a new archetype in terms of like it's a it's a a romance. It's not a romance because it doesn't need to be. Uh, I think there's plenty of those. So like the what? Sandlot, the Sandlot is a romance. It's not a romance. It's about kids and their love of baseball and how one day they hope to settle down with baseball and get married. <laughs> okay. Uh, are, are you challenging us to think of another maybe instance of this archetype existing? Or are you saying that for sure you're claiming um, this is a, a new archetype that is uh, something that is going to be a lasting uh, evolution of how we perceive joint relationships. I'd say that you'd be hard pressed to find a, uh, a story that treats two people of the opposite sex more equal in their relationship before this movie came out. Well, before we get too far into that, I, so would you append your statement to, to, to not include the sexual definition. Cause I, I could see where to, um, Honda's point, what you're describing is kind of close to a buddy cop movie. Like if you, if you take, it's very close. If you, if you take, if you take the, the, the gender out of it or the, well, so even if propensity we don't, for like romantic relationships, but didn't they, they, they got together at one point in the series, didn't they? Yeah, in like the movie in season like 15, but at that point nobody was watching. <laughs> All right, what, what, about, what about this one then? Because this is going old school. You, did anybody here ever see The Professional with What's-His-Face yeah, and Corman? Yeah, really good one. Yeah, yeah obviously to opposite genders, opposite stages in life, but you could argue that they both made each other better as a result of coming together, right? So, But were they equal? I feel like the professional, like, wasn't he like almost like the master mentor, apprentice? mentee? Yeah, yeah, but he, he was the he was the apprentice. But I, and okay. I haven't seen this movie in fucking I've, forever. I've got but. it, but it's same sex, and it's Ronin with Robert De Niro. I've only seen the car chase scenes. It's I haven't him. actually watched the movie. It's him and that <laughs> guy, that same guy from the professional, and they like uh, Jean Valjean. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's Dude, there's a genre in there. I'm just gonna say Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> Goku and Vegeta, Dragon Ball Z. Yep, yeah. Done. We're getting we're getting all the way into Buddy Cop right done. now. Um, <laughs> it's the same. Thing. Uh, okay, okay. I I kind of see what Adrian is saying. Let me. I was thinking so about this. We're we're saying ago. not like non romantic, mutual partners who make each other better of the opposite sex. Is that the criteria? But you could feel a vibe. There was definitely a vibe. If it weren't. Like, so, so you wanted it okay, to okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before we go any further, is this what you're describing, Agent? A work wife? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the archetype is just work wife archetype. Yeah. All right. Well, no, we're, 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 we're done here. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's that's easier to conceptualize. That's I think easier. We all to, agree on that one right there. Because that I think that is the archetype. 
And I think what you're describing falls into that archetype. And, no, no, and it's true because when the work is done, he goes home to the desert. Yeah, his his true <laughs> his true love, the open road, <laughs> the Thunderdome. <laughs> That's what he calls the bedroom. <laughs> uh, how many times do you think Mel Gibson used that before he got you know blackballed by Hollywood for being Pro- super anti-Semitic? He probably still does. This is my Thunderdome. Oh, yeah, that room's the uh, Thunderdome? Yeah, two men enter, one man leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, I kind of want to dig a little bit further into this now. I was was done with it. I'm glad you narrowed it down, because that is spot on. Like, it's his work wife. Yeah, and what what is the criteria for that, though? Like, what makes it different than just a wife? Like, there's obviously something that falls into that category of it's not a will they won't they it's obviously not a ross and rachel because that's annoying as fuck but it is a work like like you said there's there's the vibes like there's there's, there's a vibe right. but it's like it's not it's not vibey enough that you're going to do anything it's just a vibe see that i or don't not even that I you're not going to do anything it's I like do something so <laughs> well you're just a walking yeah. penis like, yeah, you're, i mean i am you're yeah, completely like all libido I'm, I'm just for the two ladies that are listening i'm single well, so the, then then a work wife is is just like a hookup waiting it's to happen a, right like it's I, a prospect I think, is what i, no, like no, to I call just it. I, I love how the three people that are in a relationship understand this concept 100 and the one single guy is like this makes no sense in my head no right why, why would i have non-romantic like not sex with this person i don't understand it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense if i'm catching vibes things are gonna happen andre's a, for, a firm believer in shoot your shot so here's the the example i would use is like for me is this person kim like it's not romantic we both kind of work together to do things there aren't any vibes, though. Mm, all right. I mean, would she say that? Yeah. I mean, would, we, would she be mad at you for saying that? No, no, we've agreed. It's a, it's a mutual like no. Wait, but but wouldn't that wait, be a wait, vibe? That's a vibe. If you guys ta- even talked about it, that's a vibe. <laughs> if you've a, is if, that what you talked about? As a vibe? Agreed upon it. No, here, here's the thing. Like, if you, no, no, if you guys at that point, like, to, right? you felt the need to. If the topic, if the topic had to be put on the table. That means there was an open question of, is this person vibing with me? And then on the other side, the other person had to be thinking the same thing. If anything, you guys like cock blocked each other. I don't think that's it at all. Because <laughs> we both have helped each other get laid repeatedly. But that um, just, just because you're generous doesn't mean you're okay, not vibing. That, that, you're generous. The, the, the <laughs> like opposite side of... dick out, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite side yeah, of that just argument, like handing over your friends as human sacrifices. Yeah, I I'm saying, I'm saying the opposite side of that argument is that that means you're constantly thinking about each other's sex life <laughs> and wanting to make it better. Yeah, it's like living vicariously through these other people. Cut out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, pass. I'm sure there's uh, an Usher song about this, Andre, that you could. Listen oh, there to. has to be. <laughs> uh, probably while he was cheating on Chili, though. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on just Andre uh, Andre's so, personal life. I, well, I do have what what people call my work wife. Um, but no, like if we ever got to that point, uh, we're both singles, so that's a probably a bad example. So not a work wife. She's called my work wife. Okay, all right. I mean, that's something. That's a start, maybe. 
I want to take this into um, less, uh, I guess, topical or not less, less specific reality, though. Is there something we can draw on from um, the archives? Can we dive deep into everyone's communal history knowledge and come up with um, maybe classic examples of a work wife that prove this to be not just the archetype that's maybe blossoming in today's culture, but it's a true and real archetype that has been around forever. So I want to say like fucking Keith Olbermann and Rachel Maddow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny, but it really is the fact that you don't have to like, I don't know, follow that with any explanation. Explain it all. Yeah. Everyone just spot on. Uh, I would argue like probably news anchors, you know, you get that male, female, Back and forth. Okay. Anyone who's in a soap opera with somebody of the opposite sex because you've been together for like 15 years. That's that's kind of interesting. I would say maybe couples on a sitcom. Which, like, as celebrities, they always end up getting together anyway, right? Like, if you star in a movie together, you normally end up getting together. Oh, you know who was who did a good job of not doing that? Uh, who was it? Leonardo DiCaprio and What's-Her-Face? Um, the one that didn't share the door. Uh, <laughs> Renee Zellweger. <laughs> What was that? Renee Zellweger. Uh, so I would also say, especially in today's day and age, where they were getting a lot of pressure to Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Ooh, yeah, isn't he married? Aren't they? Cause, no. Yeah, because everyone was lighting them up. It was like, oh my god, they should be together, and they're like, no, he's married with a kid. Like he's happily married, work wife. Yeah, that's not, and that didn't. That's no longer happening because of that of what they were doing. But did he tweet out hashtag work wife? I hope so. But like as Rocket Raccoon. Is Rocket's work wife Groot? No, they, they, that's like more like father son, I would think. Yeah, that's father son. Yeah, I'd say it's. Okay, is Rocket's work wife Drax? Yes. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> Our buddy cop movies just work wife movies. They're work husbands. <laughs> it's like I'm gay married at work. Yeah, I was definitely gay married at work, but he left now, so I guess we got a divorce. Was that rough? It was, dude. It's, it, I'm still feeling it. <laughs> Man, apparently I'm just like in a non-monogamous marriage relationship at work. Non-monogamous marriage. It sounds like po- it. Po- polygamous? That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you guys are work polygamists, you and Kim. No, I think she only, I don't think she has a work husband. Oh, so you're like work Mormon where you get to like have a bunch of wives. And- <laughs> but also husbands? I don't think Mormons allow that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, so I've been accused of being a husband stealer, which is that, like, I meet someone and their husband and I become, like, really good friends and we end up, like, texting and hanging out. You do that with boyfriends, too? Is that how you steal their girlfriends at the time? Uh, that may have happened at one point in the distant past. How distant are we talking, Andre? Uh, <laughs> I think you were there. I was there? Yeah, this was, like... Prime Adrian and Andre getting drunk in San Antonio days. Ooh. Yeah, Andre, I feel like I'm having a hard time contextualizing your relationship with everyone in the outside world. <laughs> with you. It all kind of sounds the same. 
<laughs> it sounds like everyone is just a graduated cylinder that slowly gets full of Andre until they overflow in like some kind of sexual manner. Man, that is such a Re- good analogy. Regardless of regardless of like gender or uh, sexual inclination <laughs> or. <laughs> Every, I'm just picturing everyone I know as a graduated cylinder now of like different sizes. <laughs> Wait. Like, if that's the case, and if that's, like, the effect Andre has on people, like, uh, imagine, like, the world that Chris Hemsworth lives in. Okay, did you see Bad Times at El Royale? No, no. Okay, watch this, any scene with him in it in that movie, and you as a straight man will fall in love with him. (laughs) Like, he's doing things with his hips, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like... (laughs) It's one of those things where I'm going to be shifting a lot in my seat. (laughs) Just like, Sam, t- turn it off. We gotta watch something else. Put on. Yeah, she's gonna be looking over. She's like, why do you keep tossing and turning? Aren't you comfortable? Put on Mr. Rogers. I need something else. Have y'all seen the third Hemsworth brother? Yeah. The one that's the like one older world, right? and small? Just, yeah, yeah. The one that be like a normal, like, good-looking guy until he, like, stands next to his two, uh, two brothers. Well, he's, yeah. he's the one on Westworld, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like an analogy for life right there, huh? That's just that's just everyone. Everyone okay, is so that third Hemsworth brother. Out, out of the four of us, who's the third Hemsworth brother? But there's four of us. Hondo is definitely Thor. But I feel like there's four of us. I know. Who's the third one, though? Like, number four doesn't even make the list. I would say I'm, I'm like Chris Hemsworth's son, then. <laughs> You're, you're Miley Cyrus in this situation, Joseph. There you go. I'm down for that. I will c- completely take that role. Man, we kind of hit a wall with this topic. Yeah. Work well. <laughs> I started, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't I started, mean to prematurely end it at that, but... Yeah, I started well, trying I, to look up... Work wife park Yeah. Well, we just like work wife, like if there was a trope that like I could find some in the media, but uh, can't find anything. It definitely uh, exists though, right? That's why I'm... Black International... Was that a, I haven't seen I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that. What was that? Hey, what? <sighs> Men in Black International. Oh, I've seen it. I could argue even uh, Thor Ragnarok, right? With Thor and Valkyrie. It's just, she's... Aren't those the same actors in, as the ones in Men in Black? Yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, they are, but that doesn't make it less valid. Because it still works. Does it work for both, since you're the only one that's seen both, Andre? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Nice. So I don't know if you guys We're have taking- seen the quote from Tessa Thompson, but she's... The, the Comic-Con quote was like, well, she's Valkyrie is the king now, and she's trying to find her queen. So is that, like, Natalie Portman, or is that... No, so, like, clearly there isn't a romantic relationship between them, so she would be a good work wife. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, I always got, like, the sense that she was kind of into the to Hulk. Yeah, I think that was more of, like, a fan, though. It was more of like an infatuation. I don't know if it was like a romantic. Or... Uh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. It kind of seems she... more like a wrestler. Like, a like I'm I'm really into the big show. I don't want to like, you know, bang <laughs> the big show. <laughs> so wait, wait. Is she more of Hulk's work wife than she is Thor's? Because they have a whole training relationship and like they hang out. Nah, nah. I would say because oh, of the, no, no, the no, big no, show I... analogy, I would say that... Um, there's definitely more of a vibe between Thor and Valkyrie than there would be between Hulk and Valkyrie. I got more of a, I got more of a vibe with between Hulk and Valkyrie. That's hard. That's hard for me to. It's hard for me to agree with. Because there's a whole scene where like 
she had been training him. Like, they had been working together. Eh, I think I agree more with Thor and Valkyrie because they were both trying to rule together. And I mean together in the sense that she kind of was watching over everything while Thor was going through his depression phase. So they were very much acting like king and queen together. I feel like you guys are just so close-minded to not allow a big green Hulk the relationship yeah, that he deserves. Yeah. I just don't want to think of, I just don't want to think of, you know... I do <laughs> what it looks like logistics logistics yeah. no, there's that's that's a quote from iron man he says i hope you're not playing hide the zucchini <laughs> it brings a whole new like uh Which, element like, to the phrase hulk smash would it be a cucumber it's <laughs> so i'm not gonna name names but when i was in college i had a friend who we would call the hulk and that's the that's what she would say was yeah like it's a Hulk smash time. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't even like it, that at yeah, all. Even it being a she, it, it still doesn't make it. <laughs> Just sounds so hurtful. <laughs> okay, I I feel like we're coming up with some pretty good references, not great references, good references for that archetype in just <laughs> specifically Marvel movies, uh, but. Um, I really wanted to try and touch on the aspect of something in real life because that, that's what makes it real, right? When you can draw some similarity to things that actually exist. Um, history obviously is embellished just like a movie would be. Um, but there's got to be something that if, if, if you can convince me that there's a, a part of just normal society, normal, um, <laughs> that works that way, uh, I would say, all right. I put my stamp of approval on this archetype. That works well. It's hard way. to do in the work wife way. So you want like a real life example, not us, of a work wife. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it's too specific. I think a lot of people can draw that their own conclusion to that. Hmm. I mean, I hate to go here with it. Not really, but is there is this also like porn? Oh, like, shit, I got one. Is it sex work? Hold on. Okay, you Trump. You Trump and his daughter. God damn it. <laughs> Cause there's a vibe. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Joseph, was this last right. forty five minutes just a setup for that joke? <laughs> I thought of it in the morning and I was like, how can I get it on there? No. I'm sorry, Andre. I cut you off very rudely. No, Go that's on. fine. No, so for me. And I don't know, maybe this, like, I don't know the relationship, but something that relates to everyone is like, is it porn? Like the actor and the actress get together and they're doing this job, but they don't really do anything afterwards. Like a lot of these people are in separate relationships. This might be the most apt description. It's almost disgusting how long it took us for it to, for it to get here. Good job. Uh, yes. <laughs> You've done it, man. You've cracked the code. I'm not even kidding. Like I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely impressed. That's a really good example. <laughs> Because there is, there's got to be. I, I guess there's got to be that vibe. I hope there's got to be that vibe. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, and, and I feel it's like a very dark. The acting very is dark so room. bad that you have to have some kind of chemistry, right, in order for that scene to to sell. And everyone knows it sells better if you got bloopers at the end. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't actually buy this stuff, Joseph. I don't know what you're talking about. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh great throw me under the bus yeah i'm the pervert here <laughs> how did we start how did i introduce myself today 
I just uh I, I don't I don't want to be the guy who buys DVDs instead of uh purchases Snapchat uh exclusives. I just I won't go to fans only, man. I won't do it. I don't know why. Don't ask. No, I support local mom and pop shops with those DVD sales. That's true. They're all <laughs> over I thirty five when I go visit Adrian in Dallas. They are all over. Yeah, can we uh, just kind of get some kind of answer as to why that um, area of town around where you live is a hub for just so many smut shops, Adrian? But it's where I used to live. It's where I used to live. Where I used to live. But no, I think it it was the the zoning laws or whatever just so happened to have that one zone. It's like a vice area. Like there's so many, just everything. But there are like a ton of bars. It's all like strip clubs and sex shops. Yeah, that's all it is. And when liquor stores, they, they don't want you to stay there. They just want the money and then for you to leave. So fun fact, I think it's still law that you can't own more than five dildos on your person at one time in Texas. Yep. You can't have? Uh, Hondo, that was a really quick answer you gave there. Oh no, because he reminded me. There's another law in Texas. Uh, if because I remember seeing this on TV, uh, they don't sell. You can't ask for that. You can't ask to buy a dildo. They only sell sexual demonstration devices. Gross. It's for educational purposes. Yeah, but calling it that just makes it way, way more gross. I don't know why. <laughs> you just said dildo would be a lot more straightforward. Yeah. Man, this this conversation took a lot of turns. Yeah. I feel like I'm an entirely different person than when I started this. Recording. We went a long way from like Mad Max, Married Furiosa. I mean, did we though? Because we ended at sex shops. I mean, it's about there. I mean, there was some pretty dirty stuff in Mad Max, right? Like the the farm, the farming of his work of all of the women that were giving birth. Okay, yeah, I feel like there's a big, not subtle, really in your face social commentary that the movie was trying to portray, and Adrian just. I don't know <laughs> how he subterraneanly <laughs> just upended Andrew, all of that. Were you sober when you saw this? No, no, not when I saw it. I made that that uh. What, what am I, so you do agree epiphany. that you saw this? You saw this in a normal capacity, and you were like, "All right, movie." Yeah, sure, that's, like, a, that's that's a movie. No, I was like, "That's really band. pretty." That was really pretty. And you know? then, and then after like. X number of this, you sat down, watched the movie, and you're like, wait, there's more. You like Billy Mazed yourself into thinking that this movie is a masterpiece. <laughs> yes, yes so that's I, exactly what happened. I do have one question before we close. If this is a journey through life and they're a marriage, Adrian, who's the guy with the flaming guitar? Cupid. <laughs> Cupid. That is, there we go. <laughs> I'm sad that you bailed him out, Joseph, because he didn't have an answer. <laughs> you can see the gears turning. I mean, <laughs> he he blew his load on like just coming up with the, that weird hypothesis. It's not going to get better than that. No, the the fact that you guys are able to build like a a, a hot take house of cards on top of mine is, is really what made made this episode. Uh, maybe don't reference the phrase house of cards for a while. Why not? No, no. Kevin Spacey's acquitted, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, no, that's true. The charges were withdrawn, I believe. Yeah, he, he's no longer. Oh, canceled. okay. So it wasn't a jury of his peers. It was the money of his peers. The money? Yeah. So it like they paid money. off a judge to just. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. So I think it was the witness. Like how many people in the jury had Netflix subscriptions, right? 
Yeah, I think this the, season so, sucked. Just get him out of here so or, we can go make the next one. In Netflix. <laughs> Joseph, you want to wrap us up here? I mean, I could. So I will. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been a fun one. I feel like we don't really need to say much more. It's been done. It's all been done. This has been a flat circle from the Gaysus Podcast Network. Remember, be yourself, just like everyone else. And we will catch you next time. Thanks. Bye.